Welcome to the Thomas Industry Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. I'm Kathy Ma. Today, I'm joined by Tisneem Manjura. Tisneem is the CEO and co-founder of Caravan, a vendor relationship platform changing the way manufacturers and retailers engage with vendors. Founded in 2020, Caravan helps companies reduce costs of goods, diversify supplier bases, and prevent supply chain delays. Let's get into the episode. Tasneem, can you tell us about the founding of Caravan and why a company like Caravan is necessary today? Yeah, thank you so much for the question and thank you for having me. Um, sure. So the founding of Caravan, um, it's kind of a longer story. It's probably like a you know, 15, 20 year path. Uh, basically, my co-founder noticed a pain point for um, sourcing procurement groups um, at a large Fortune 500 retailer. He noticed that there was this lack of transparency in terms of what each procurement officer knew about the other's dealings. So, you know, they were unaware of <clears throat> which specific person a vendor or a buyer was working with on the vendor side. They were sort of unaware as far as the quality of a given vendor sort of across the board. So maybe one person knew about it, but the other didn't. And then the, the negotiation process itself was very time consuming and, and often inefficient. And sometimes there was no negotiation. So that pain point um, was again validated at another large um, retailer. And, you know, like I would say like a decade after that, we kind of kept mulling over this idea that, that there was something there. And then we started validating the tool with um, CEOs, CFOs, you know, heads of product. And, you know, they all kind of said, like, this is something we could use, you know, and we, we need it sooner rather than later. And this is kind of right right before um, we started validating this thing right before COVID. Um, and, you know, fast forward now, 2022, we've got pilots going. We have a complete enterprise-ready product. Um, and, you know, why a company like Caravan is necessary today, I sort of touched on a few of the points. But, you know, there's certainly like a lack of transparency on the, on the buyer side, just in terms of, again, like what kind of a rating a vendor has received, um, you know, what's the quality of a particular vendor? Like, why are we paying a particular price? Have we been able to like negotiate against other vendors? And is that visible, um, you know, throughout the organization? So a lot of it is really driven by visibility. Um, and then finally just, just cost cutting. So, you know, we think about, you know, we're in an inflationary situation right now. We also have um, you know, tying that with a recession. And so, you know, everyone from retailers to service providers to manufacturers are looking to cut costs. And so Caravan provides an excellent opportunity to do so um, while not sacrificing quality. Fantastic. And I think at Thomas, we have over 560,000 North American suppliers in our platform. So we really truly understand how difficult it is for companies to identify good suppliers that they can count on over time. And um, we also talk about the fact that a lot of the buyers have their own scorecard, and you mentioned it just a minute ago, where they might have different criteria in accepting, assessing, and maintaining relationship with the suppliers. And sounds like Caravan is a very fantastic platform to capture all that experiential knowledge and tacit knowledge and allowing different people in the companies to not necessarily call 16 people internally to find mm -hmm. out why a vendor is selected, but using your technologies and data to look for those people. 
and understand why this decision were made in the past. Now, um, for our audiences, however, not maybe not all of them are really familiar with the concept of vendor relationship management. So, um, Tazneem, could you talk us through the key facets of vendor relationship management and how it can help business grow? Sure. So, <clears throat> you know, let's just start with, say, a small company, let's say like a $50 million company. They are buying all sorts of goods and services. Let's say this is a manufacturing company and they're buying all sorts of goods, services. They've got consultants, they've got um, marketing folks, they've got, you know, actual like tangible goods that are coming in. Let's just say it's Titania, <laughs> you know, so they've got like hundreds, if not thousands of different vendors. And what's happening is, you know, in the current state, most of these uh, individuals are managing maybe out of a, like a tool like Salesforce, which is not really designed for this type of use case, uh, some of the use cases that we've, we've mentioned previously, um, or potentially like an ERP, you know, an enterprise relationship platform. Um, and so, you know, they're sort of trying to figure out, like, how do I track all my vendors? It's a little bit clunky and it's a little bit difficult. Um, now, and, or maybe they're just using a spreadsheet, right? They're using a spreadsheet or they're using a notebook. Now flip that to the caravan experience, right? Which is, you know, you you actively have a platform in which all of your vendors are listed. You have a rating for each vendor that you've used. You can see previous negotiations for that particular vendor in one place. You can see who else participated in that negotiation. You can see how much was saved, how much you, was initially bid. So you can see the pre-negotiated versus the post-negotiated and the savings. Um, and so you've got a completely different dynamic here, right? And so this allows each one of your procurement folks to just be a lot smarter about how they do their job and con continuously think about optimization, right? Like they can always look at their last negotiation as, as a point um, to, to improve upon, right? Or perhaps it's just stay the same, but at least they've got something to look at. Um, conversely, you also have folks on the outside of a particular department. So maybe you have a CFO or a CEO and they no longer have to call an accountant, dig around, like take days to pull these types of reports. They can just go straight to Caravan. They can see everything that was done. Um, there's 100% transparency. And you know they're off to the races in terms of thinking about their supply chain, in terms of thinking about their vendors, in terms of thinking about cost of goods. And you know they can then convey um, a lot of these learnings to stakeholders, to internal and external. It's just, it's a very different way of managing vendors, I think. It's fantastic. A lot of times in, in, within an organization is to just find out where all the information is. And you guys really turn that into a good user experience. So you should be very proud of you and your team. Now, Tell us a bit about your typical customers. You mentioned a typical size company could be a mm -hmm. 10 to $15 million company. What are the challenges that your customers face and, and how, how does your company help them? Yeah, so customers right now, you know, we're looking at everyone from smaller companies, right? Like I mentioned, like 10 to $50 million to even like a Fortune 500 company because um, as we've conducted our research, we've figured out and we've sort of noticed that you know, some of the large companies are operating out of spreadsheets, right? So it's not necessarily the size that dictates, it's more like what are their typical processes? I don't think Caravan could help someone like Toyota because they have amazing infrastructure in place, right? They know every last detail about their suppliers, they know about the price, they know down to, you know, a fraction of a penny, like what they should and shouldn't be spending. But we're kind of targeting folks who are maybe, 
have we have this need for vendor relationship management, which arguably I think is almost everyone. Um, but they are using maybe spreadsheets or using notebooks. They're using, like I said, like maybe a tool like a CRM or ERP, which is not necessarily made for this type of use case. And so it's allowing them to you know, help them with a the lack of transparency that I mentioned before, like it's able to open up, you know, all the various details of negotiations, all the various details around who want a negotiation, the quality of that vendor. Um, you know, they can they can take this, um, take any vendor and rate them across as many variables as they like. So you think about, for example, auto parts manufacturers, you know, some of them are rating vendors on 40, 50, 60 different variables, and they can actually integrate that into Caravan super easily. It takes take them a few minutes, they can set the whole thing up and they can start rating, right? And they can not only just rate for themselves, but they can, the entire organization can then see the rating of any given vendor. Um, so that helps to actually rationalize any supplier selection um, or any supplier rejection as well, right? And part of it is, you know, we're, we're really focusing on um, quality, right? It's not just about um, the price, it's about price over value, right? And like, that's what's really going to drive a lot of performance for a lot of very, for various manufacturers and retailers. I think in the past, they were picking maybe the lowest priced um, vendor, but you end up losing certain, certain factors there, right? Like their ability to actually um, fulfill their, their contract, right? Like, like, for example, one of the things that we pull in um, caravan during a bid negotiation is we actually point blank ask the supplier, what's your total inventory, right? So maybe I only want a thousand of some good, but maybe I want to know, do they have 50,000? Do they have a hundred thousand? Do they only have 1500? That will also help me to make a better decision because, you know, ultimately we, we saw in COVID um, with various supplier, uh, you know, shortfalls, they were just running out of stuff. Right. And so this is like an easy way to sort of, um, to sort of, uh, balance that a little bit. Um, and again, then you're also using the ratings. You're not just depending upon price, but you're sort of using all the different variables available to you to make the the proper vendor um, assessment and selection. And and you touch on a really good point that, that was really brought on and, and clarified with, with COVID-19 and not a supply chain issue, which is just in, just in time procurement is great for cost optimization during you know a period where there are no surprises or disasters or a pandemic and mm-hmm. um and now people are actually shifting from just in time to really a just in case mental model and um when you brought on about all the key report card scoring criteria matching your platform enabled it is very powerful in particular just understanding in terms of the shipping risk and inventory risk of your suppliers that can really help mitigate a lot of the procurement risk. So Tazim, you were cited recently on the rise of reshoring initiatives in the US. And we all learned with the, with COVID-19 and a lot of really interesting international incidents that we are shifting slowly from just-in-time cost optimization only model to really factoring in broader geopolitical considerations. And people are thinking about, okay, just in case I need to really figure out how I can bring and reshore more of the manufacturing capacity near our customers so can you can you talk me through since you talk to so many companies and work with them all the time what are the new trends you're seeing 
Yeah, I know. Great, great question. Um, you know, we've seen companies like Intel, Lego come, you know, reshore to the U.S. And actually, there are plenty more. And I think it's, you know, being driven by a few um, factors. I think some you've you've alluded to. One is we want to be closer to our goods, ensure that there are no shortages, there are no delays. We're able to manufacture what we need when we need it. Um, number two, you know, there are some environmental considerations. And I think, you know, right now, the way that companies are approaching it is it's a good thing. It's a nice thing to be environmentally friendly. But in the future, you know, we can all imagine there's going to probably be taxes levied, fees levied, um, depending upon uh, what you do and don't do to the, to the planet. And of course, you know, I think the benefits to the U.S. economy are, are profound. And I would love to see, you know, more um, employment within the U.S., right? We've lost so many jobs in the last several years, like, you know, the estimates are between 5 to 10 million um, to offshoring. So I'd love to see places like the Rust Belt uh, sort of reinvigorated um, as a result of some of these reshoring initiatives. Speaking of which, Caravan has been known to commit to becoming more sustainable and uh, take up a role in tackling climate change. What are some of the initiatives your company has taken to address the sustainability? Yeah. So initially, you know, when we built this platform, it was kind of in the back of my head, like, okay, I really care about the planet. I really care about human rights. I couldn't figure out how to integrate those two things into Caravan. And, you know, as the platform has sort of developed over time, we've been able to integrate some kind of cool features that I think, you know, have an impact. So one of the uh, small features is actually a tagging tool. And so you can tag any one of your vendors with whatever you like, right? Um, you know, according to what your admin has set up, but uh, generally whatever you like. So for example, you know, you could tag a vendor as being environmentally friendly. Um, maybe they have a solar powered factory. Uh, they are committed to, you know, hiring from low income communities, whatever that is, you can tag. And so then you can then search. So, so as your company, like as your colleagues are searching for vendors, um, if this sort of becomes, if, if sustainability, for example, becomes an objective for the company, then you can start searching for, you know, environmentally friendly. You can start searching for a solar powered factory, et cetera. And so out of the thousands of vendors that you have, the ones that have committed to these particular issues kind of come up at the top of, of your list. Um, another thing that we sort of also integrate are the ratings, right? So the ratings, that's another way for you to actually rate your vendors based upon maybe climate change, maybe the source of their labor, maybe the source of their actual goods. So this is another way for companies to think a little bit more broadly about the impact of their buying um, than just let's pick the lowest price measure. And just Nima, I think one very special, really kind of interesting aspect about you in particular as a, as a female leader in our sector is that you're a great listener. It sounds like you're constantly talking to people, trying to understand the pain point, but also you dedicated a lot of your time in validating your solutions by launching products and talking to people and see if you can incorporate, for example, their checklists and you talk about all that kind of ways of, of, of you know doing interviews with people. Now, you sound like you have a really amazing mixed bags of skills as well, right? Like from the right brain empathy and, and ability to relate and listen and build relationships all the way through to turning that into tactical step-by-step -step and building a whole strategy, a whole new business together with partners. I'm curious, 
Can you tell us a bit more about your background and how you chose this career path? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had definitely an interesting career path, probably not the most straightforward. Um, you know, I, I, I'm an LA girl, went to University of Toronto, came back, initially worked in banking, worked at, at Citibank, um, and was selling mutual funds and loans and all these things. And it just it wasn't the, the best fit for me, right? Let's just say that. Fast forward a bit, I started my MBA. And at the same time, I got a great job at this company called The Search Agency. They were delivering search engine marketing and other sort of very early um, performance marketing tools online. And we had, you know, some of the top vendors in the space, right? We had some of the top companies who were, who were doing this kind of thing. And my boss was just incredible, right? This guy, David Hughes, really smart guy, like uh, BCG, HBS guy. And, you know, he just kind of gave me a nice kick in the bum, just in terms of like, this is what we need to do. We're building this platform. Let's think about the smartest way of delivering information. And that was my first job was just trying to figure out how to analyze all the bits and pieces of data that were coming in from various partners like Google and Yahoo and MSN and try to make it very palpable and digestible to our CMO clients, for example. And so it just kind of changed the way that I thought, right? Like I think I used to think in a very unstructured way and it just sort of changed the entire way that I thought. Everything was structured. How do I take data, use it to tell a story, but also make meaningful decisions based off of it? Um, and then, you know, just over the years, I had the opportunity to lead marketing and also take on product roles at some some pretty interesting startups. Um, one was an EHR, Dr. Chrono. I think that was a really interesting opportunity in that I was really able to grow their business by just trying to figure out what clients wanted and how do we sell to them, right? They're really early at that stage. They, they recently were acquired, but um, I felt like at the stage that I came in, I was able to make some really cool, um, just kick off some really interesting things that had a, had a large impact on the business. Uh, fast forward again to Point, you know, again, they were just acquired by GoDaddy, but got a chance to work with some really amazing leaders, um, Asama Bedier, Rishi Taparia, and, and others, um, and just, sort of run their marketing A to Z. And that was, that was again, super interesting. It was a space I wasn't familiar with, but I was able to just digest a lot of the feedback from, you know, from the industry and sort of figure out like, how do we position ourselves? How are we going to, you know, kick off all these various <laughs> marketing channels in a way that's going to, to make an impact on the business? So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the career has been around listening and then li listening to folks who are in the field who are ultimately going to hopefully digest your product or service and then figuring out how to then build that. So I think that's a lot of that is translated um, at Caravan. And uh, would you give us one piece of best advice you've ever heard in your career? Yeah, actually it came from my mother. And, um, you know, as a 22 year old, 23 year old, having to present to CEOs of large companies, <laughs> I used to get very nervous, um, you know, sweating, wavery voice, the whole nine. And I was telling this to my mother and she said, you know, don't worry about it. You know, she's like, just do what you got to do. Don't worry about it. You did your best. Just, just deliver. And everything else is, is up to God. And I was like, wow, that's like kind of a cool way to think about things. And so I've kind of, I've, I've taken her advice ever since. Your mother is a very wise woman. I, I've been following quite closely to Stoicism about really truly understanding what you can do and influence and learn how to detach your ego from from the point when when you know when you hit a ball after the ball is hit 
there's nothing you can do and you can just let go and but you should work, work really hard in, in making sure that you have a great racket and that you have the great form so um yes thank you for sharing your very good advice here and uh on behalf of uh, our audiences we thank you for talking us through some fantastic technical understanding when it comes to supplier relationship management but also the broader philosophy about how to mix the left brain and the right brain to build a successful business uh, we are very happy to have you here today thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed the interview and yeah i, I hope something of what i said was useful <laughs> thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the thomas industry podcast if you enjoyed today's interview with Tasneem Manjera, please subscribe, share with a colleague, or leave a review. 